0: Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show.
1: Hello and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Parise of Copper Beach Financial Group. John, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. I'm, I'm excited because you told me before we started recording that Michael had this brilliant thought, and then we just chatted about it. And Michael, it is a brilliant thought about what we're talking about today. That G2 pops up every once in I'm a while with good ideas. Every so once in a think? while. Every once in a while. <laughs> Bring in the gold. <laughs> Bring in G2. <laughs> That's right. Michael, what are we talking about today?
2: Well, we're going to talk about this is uh, maybe going to be a little, I don't know, less structured than, than our normal podcast, but like you said, it was sort of an idea... That we had in terms of things that we're hearing in, in, from our clients and business owner clients, and even a lot of colleagues of ours, is really just what we want to talk about today is more maybe where we're going as a business owner in terms of how to recruit and retain key people uh, in a post COVID world. I think the world has changed depending on your industry in terms of getting people to come back into the office. Should you do that? or not, um, how to find key people, how to keep them, we're, we're just hearing a lot from our clients that this it's really tough out there. So we wanted to maybe just, I guess, have a conversation around that and maybe refer back to some other podcasts and maybe give some ideas on how if you're an employer or business owner out there,
1: you might want to approach that given where we are today. Yeah, I, I, I actually had to quit a a thread that I was on a, a on, on some social media, because um, you have these folks, and we don't even call it left and right. It's just there are folks out there that are trying to preach that all corporations are bad and they treat employees poorly. And, and it's just not a true picture. Yeah, that's not true. No, it's not yeah. true at all. I mean, there, there are definitely some corporations that treat employees poorly. We can all agree to that. However, that's not the vast majority, at least in my opinion. That's not especially smaller businesses. That's not what's happening. And so you get this crowd that is, well, I I, I don't want to work unless I get paid you know, this amount of money and they have all these benefits. I want four weeks vacation. I want all these different things because they're trying to work me to death. No, it, that, that's just not the case. But I, I see that nationwide we do have this issue. So I love this topic. I think it's very timely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, we're, go ahead. Dad.
3: Need some- yeah. And if you listen, I mean, if you look at the numbers and I'll jump in here for, for a second here. Um, I, I read some stats over the weekend, actually, and there's 11 million job openings, only 6 million people applying. that's like that's like unbelievable yeah and the other piece of it was are they qualified to deal with these new jobs in other words are they trained are are they coming from an industry that uh, that supports the new side of the of the business world today so it's really a a dilemma it's a it's a paradigm shift and no one's really seen before so we thought today's podcast to discuss things that we're we do naturally with families and business owners on a succession side. But I think today it's got to be more focused on how do you find the right person to be part of my, my, my uh, organization, to grow my organization. Because the other piece is people aren't staying in organizations for a long period of time. They're, they're saying, well, maybe I'll start here and go there. And uh, I read something that most people in their 20s are going to have five jobs. Mm-hmm. not like my my mom and dad who had one job mm-hmm. and and, and retired with a watch I'm just I'm just kidding they weren't they were that generation but but basically it there's a shift going on and people aren't settling into these companies and saying this is what I'm gonna spend the rest of my life so there's a lot of interesting challenges out there but Michael and I have been chit-chatting about some ideas and we'll share them today with you
1: yeah oh, my, no, go ahead Eric oh, sorry um Michael, to to that point, right, I mean, and to what John was just saying, it used to be that a company would keep you around for, you know, 30, 40 years, and you did retire with that gold watch, and and that was kind of just how work worked, but mm-hmm. we don't see that nearly as much. Pensions are gone, so on and so forth, but I know you've got a ton of ideas on what companies can do to incentivize workers to to stay longer and, you know, be be more of a team player, if you will.
2: Yeah, I think... I think generally businesses, again, after a a post COVID world, I mean, it's almost I'm a member of Vistage. And it's seemingly every month in our our monthly meetings, one of us is talking about either how to get people back to into the office if they're in a uh, industry or a business that, you know, is struggling with that. And I, I I generally think that business owners have to get creative in terms of recruiting talent. Because I think if you look at the general a market atmosphere out there. I think that there's somewhat of a power shift in terms of shifting from employers to employees right now. I think employees really have a lot of more power than they had in the past in terms of uh, you know salary demands or type of options that are available. I mean, if you are a company that is going fully remote, you can make an argument that your talent pool has just now. Uh, a transition to the entire country or even internationally depending on your mm-hmm. business and mm-hmm. so that it's just it's just a big shift and i think you know there's no one right answer obviously it's going to be really dependent on your business and and what your goals are as a business owner but i think you have to start getting creative because i think you used the term uh before eric before we, we started recording is in terms of there's Oftentimes there's only so much salary that is available, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's a big issue So there's only so much I think that you can pay people before it it really just becomes untenable to the business So how do you how do you really think differently about that issue is I think what we're gonna hopefully Help our listeners with today.
3: Yeah, Michael shared With me a story that in one of his meetings where a gentleman was was hiring someone uh, to fill a position and It was remote and and he said, "Well, I want you to come in the office a couple of days a week uh, because we need you here in the office." And he wanted he wanted a bonus to buy clothes to come into the office. Oh. <laughs> what well, like interesting? He wanted he wanted a wardrobe. To, okay. I mean, I mean that's how Actually, that's I how don't,
2: I don't think that was a new employee. I think that was an existing. Was employee it? I'm sorry, that, I thought that was a new employee. That when the, when the pandemic hit went remote everybody went remote um and and he was trying to get everybody to come back to the office and I think oh, i'm that's sorry I it. yeah well it, uh, in either case yeah. the, the general the general theme in terms of having a you know a clothing allowance i think is the is the term that he, that yeah. he was using so uh, you know i mean as a business owner how do you how do you respond to that how do, you, how do you answer that i mean he he said no by the way but you know that's a certainly not something that as a business owner i feel like you would be prepared to really answer you know, on top of all the other things that we have to worry about as business owners. But um, yeah, I mean, just anyway. did
1: you, did you not come close to the office before? <laughs> exactly. That, that was
2: right, my, yeah. that was my, yeah, thing. he's, I think he had somebody else that, that asked for a raise to come back to the office. And he said, well, we didn't, we didn't cut your salary when everybody went remote. So we don't feel like we should be Giving you a raise to come yeah. back, you're at the same you're at the same level. So it, again, it's just it's a challenge out there. I think uh, for for a lot of uh, business owners. Yeah, but sure. it tells you what's going
3: on because there, there are people that are trying to trying to um, develop a new economy or a new way to go to work. I mm-hmm. mean, that's what this pandemic has done. To Michael's earlier point, how do you address that in today's marketplace? How do you retain, recruit uh, talent uh, that hopefully is going to stay with you? Uh, a long time, I, like here at Copper Beach, I, I I really make it a point a to really. Um get my employees involved. Now we're a smaller organization and we can do this pretty routinely, but I think every organization should be thinking about getting closer to the employee group from a communication standpoint. Like every Tuesday we have a team meeting where we share not only what's going on with our families, but best practices and what needs to be done in different divisions of our office. And I'm always, I'm always trying to get feedback from all of them, say, listen, improve your position, make it better, Challenge yourself. We're growing. We want to grow out a different division of Copper Beach. How do we do that? So I'm looking for feedback to make them part of the growth of the decision or the build out of my firm going forward. So I think every organization should try to do that. I know a lot do, but I think there should be more focus on that to get the employees to feel like they're part of something. Because if they're going to be home in their pajamas or whatever it might be for five days. How do you get them connected to the organization where they're motivated to be there for a long period
2: of time? Well, that's a big challenge. I I think in terms of, I've heard a lot of business owners use the term, um, you know, corporate culture and having a corporate culture of being in the office and, You know, I I personally am seeing a little bit of, depending on who you talk to, a disconnect in that conversation between the business owner and and what the business owner believes the culture should be versus what the employee believes the culture should be. And I think sometimes, depending on your company or your business, those aren't aligned, which can be a challenge because now you're in that situation where, again, if uh, some businesses are going to be working, let's just say fully remote, and that's what that employee wants to do, well, now they they have that option, I think more than they did in the past. And so again, getting back is how do you, how do you recruit and retain those key people is uh, is going to be a challenge.
3: Yeah. One of the things I learned a long,
2: a long time ago in my career, when I was asked to interview,
3: uh, folks in our industry, I'm going back 20 years ago and the, my boss said to me, I want you to interview this candidate. He's really good. I like him a lot he seems to be the type of person we're looking for. Give me your thoughts. And within 15 minutes, I knew he wasn't right. And I went out of, the, out of the interview and I said back to my boss, I said, I said, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with, uh, with Alan. He doesn't seem to have what, it, what I think of what it takes. And he says, well, I, I must have misread him. I, I thought he's really very talented. I said, well, here, here's my question to you. When you interview someone, do you interview someone as an, to be an employee or you look at him as an entrepreneur in that position that's going to develop it? Because in our industry, you have to be a business owner first and everything else second if you 're not going to hire someone that 's a that thinks like a business owner growth you know organization structure, whether it 's sitting behind a desk working a, a a piece of the business, you have to have that philosophy that 's what drives success in companies there 's leadership that needs to be developed in these organizations so I would interview. I would look for those skills in the next uh, interview is he is he a business owner in thought or is he an employee waiting for direction? That's how I would look at it.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's important Um, You know if and and that's a challenge to find and I think it might become more challenging to find that type of mentality depending on your business, but but let's get into uh, again some of the things that we've we've been talking with our clients about around this issue. I mean, we're we're, really, it goes back to sort of other, uh, maybe non-traditional type of employee benefits that I think is really where a lot of our families are starting to bring up those conversations that we may have had with them quite a few years ago and maybe say oh that's that yeah I think that's something we should work towards but you know maybe there's other projects that we want to prioritize now that's starting to I think become more into the forefront because I think they are starting to see that they're gonna need to start implementing some of these other strategies, again, to help recruit and retain key talent to fit whatever culture they're trying to build in the business. So I think those we and we've had some podcasts on this in the past, but things like executive bonus plans or uh, phantom stock plans or stock option plans, whatever those types of, of plans, whatever fits for your business, I think it's going to be a good time now to revisit that conversation and thought process. Because again, there, there might be a limit to how much salary you might just be able to pay directly to an employee or to an executive. And these other uh, benefits might become more of an important component to the conversation to help recruit those people. So that, that's, I think what we and we just had a conversation uh, last week with one of our families around that, that really fit that bill. And they're now starting to bring that again, back into the forefront, I think a little more than they had in the
4: past.
3: Yeah, and, and, and they're being forced to do that, as we talked a few minutes ago, is that they, they, they need talent to expand, and, and the pool is small smaller than it used to be. So they, they want to make sure the folks that they have already in their operation, they could develop um, through a process of education internally, and also develop a, a, a bonus structure to to keep them there. Uh, and make sure they become part of the growth of the, of the organization. That's where, for example, a phantom stock plan makes sense to some firms. We put a couple of those in place in recent, in recent years. And it really is designed to have a high-end executive or someone that's very important to the organization that says, I'm going to be part of the growth here. But they're only salaried at this point. So this, this phantom stock arrangement says, okay, let's set a benchmark this year, and I'll give you an example, Eric. If, if, my, if my goal, if, if, if my gross profit was a million dollars this year, and I would grow to two million over the next two to three years, the reward would be if you help me grow this Mr. Executive to that two million dollar number, I will give you a share of that value as part of your your retirement package or as part of your 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 compensation package here at, at the company and and it, and it drives a different attitude because if you're going to be rewarded for the success of the organization going forward because you're part of that it's a whole different um, climate in the office they they become part owners
2: of that decision.
3: It's like an ESOP
2: plan. Well that's creating that employee, employee, employer type of mindset, right? You can incentivize executives with with that type of plan.
3: Yeah, and you could recruit to that as well. So, so that phantom stock arrangement is a very, very interesting um, tool that you can use to keep the company growing, uh, keep good talent in place, but the talent feels that they're rewarded for their effort and hard work versus just getting a a W two check every week, which is which is the principle yeah,
2: of it. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a big one. Um, and I just had a conversation with uh, with another uh, colleague about that because they were um, giving outright stock. They were thinking about giving outright stock in the company to employees, which is certainly an option. You can you can build that into your plan, whether that's via stock options or or just you know having them buy into the company, whatever the case may be. But when just keep in mind when you do that or if you're considering that those employees now become owners of the company they're entitled to certain uh, shareholder rights if you're in a corporation or certain uh, rights to see you know corporate books and things because they are now actually an owner of the company in the phantom stock plan you don't have that in a phantom stock plan they're they're not owners of the company but they are participating effectively in the ownership of the company via the growth so it's a little bit of a different structure but I think it tends to be, from our experience anyway, a lot of times the best of both worlds because the employers can, again, create that employer mindset. The employees are happy because they're getting that benefit, uh, but they're not the actual owner of the company that might you know, pose other challenges as, a, as an owner of a company.
3: Yeah, one of the other th- plans we look at also is just a straight bonus plan based mm-hmm. on success of the organization for that particular year. And that's more of a compensation package. Uh, but it's very attractive because it's it, again it's sharing that success of the organization for that year or that quarter or that five-year period depending on how you design it uh, they feel like they're part part of it and again just not a hired gun to do to do a certain job yeah and the, and, re- and, the, and the response we get from from clients today is is a lot more of of being interested in looking at those kind of programs because of the stresses we talked about earlier they just can't find good talent and good people to work it's not, it's harder i'm not sure i'm not finding them but it's harder
2: yeah eric i'm interested to hear your experience on this because i know you work with a lot of other advisors and and you're obviously you know a business owner yourself i'm interested to hear your thoughts on this
1: and what you're seeing out put them on the spot <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it, it is an interesting dynamic i think that and not getting into politics but um you know just five ten years ago you would hear people complaining about uh, uh immigrants uh taking our jobs right oh they're, they're taking jobs from america if they're illegal immigrants or whatever that's not the case anymore uh, and yeah. no, i'm not saying that that doesn't happen but what i'm saying is since it's a, a worldwide pool, like you said earlier, um, talent can come from anywhere if it's remote. Yeah. So looking at that, the whole remote thing versus, you know, uh, loyalty talking about the, you know, the gold watch at the end of your years or the pension that used to be there. Uh, John, I think you're the one that said it, people are job hopping, you know, five different times. And I think that that yeah. the last time I heard it, it was not just jobs, but also careers. People yeah. would switch careers yeah. three or four times during their lifetime. And that just shows a lack of loyalty, and I say this with with uh, air quotes, lack of loyalty from both sides in a way, right? There's a lot of companies that don't wanna keep somebody on for an extremely large amount of time because they want fresh blood in there, or maybe it's a salary issue, whatever. And so, employees feel that. And Michael, you bringing up all these other options to incentivize employees, I think this is really where companies need to look and really, really think hard and long about what they're doing to develop the employees like you said you want them thinking like an owner not as an employee but if they have no if there's no reward for thinking that way if there's absolutely no reward for being a company man or woman at this point in their life then why would they be right if if if, if it's if it's just about a paycheck they can get a paycheck anywhere what are they getting from the company? What kind of, I, I remember when I was much younger, there was a company I worked for, it was a small local business. Um, I was probably 17 or 18 years old, but I was blown away that every Friday morning, we would all go to this little airstrip. It was just a little tiny airport and it had a, uh, I think it was called the Hangar Inn, uh, just a little cafe. And they would take us to breakfast and there was probably 25 of us all together, but they'd pay for breakfast and it was an opportunity for all of us to sit down and break bread, right? Right. And build relationships within the company and I think that's one of the other pieces that that is kind of missing from companies is that relationship building aspect among employees because either remote or they just don't schedule the time Um, So the little things that people can do uh, and companies can do to build brand loyalty company loyalty and also Fellow employee loyalty when it comes to relationships, I think those are all very good things that every company needs to look at to give them that competitive edge to get good workers that are dedicated to them and the entire company's success, just not the employee success.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. This is a, and this is a G one comment and I'm going to probably take some heat from Michael on this one. (laughs) I think technology has shifted things as well because, um, people are so accustomed employees, anyone is so accustomed to do things via email or or through some type of a technology, that interrelationship that I con- that face to face meetings aren't as important as it used to be when I grew up. Like be, being in the in the service business as, as we are here at Copper Beach, I always believe that face to face contact with a family is the or person is the most important thing you could accomplish. So occasionally I'll say to Michael, why don't you call so and so? Michael said, Well just, just email him. I go, no, I want you to call them, Michael, because they want to hear your voice, Dad. But they want emails. So there's a conflict. I think in part of the of the generational shift of how I used to do business with in, in my employees and my clients versus the younger generation. They're more of that that technology driven, and relationships might not be that important. But that's what change. I think that's what's changing in part that that that. The relationship is not as important as it used to be. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I view it from my old stance, my G1 stance. Do you want me to yell
2: at you now? Bring it, Michael, bring it. No, I, I think, uh, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I think there's certain times where email fits better if you're trying to coordinate with five other people. I think having everybody in the same uh, conversation, so to speak, is important versus a one-on-one phone conversation, because that then now that If it's a client then the client has to relay that to another advisor or whatever the case may be and things get lost in translation so that but you but you're right I mean you do have to have at a certain point if you're not Getting the right response or or having that relationship. You do have to have a a face-to-face meeting which is I think part of the challenge getting back to your point Eric in terms of um, That uh, the culture of the of an office and and you know the training because I, I was an attorney colleague that I was talking to recently who was talking about one of the struggles that they're already starting to see is for first year, or, or not just first year, but particularly newer attorneys out of law school, it used to be that they would be able to shadow a senior partner or, or a, a higher level associate, and now they don't have that hands-on training, like you said, and they're questioning what impact that's gonna have on the firm long-term because they're not getting that mentorship type of um you know type of relationship so it's it's going to be interesting to see how businesses deal with that and and to your point that whether the younger generation is interested in that i don't i don't know the answer to it but i think that's something that you know how how interested are people going to be for that i don't know
3: yeah there's a shift I mean, that's what i said earlier there's a paradigm shift that we haven't we haven't gone down this road yet and i think everyone's Trying to figure it out as, as this podcast is is discussing at this point is how do you how do you fix or how do you improve how do you create a different flow to be a successful organization going forward in this climate? I think also a part of us to do with trying to find one's passion, what they really like to do. There's so many different avenues that uh, a younger person can take today. Again, because of technology, because of that world opening up because of that technology, they, they might not be that... Um, focused on one profession. To your point, Eric, they, they, they like five or six different things. I'll try those over the next few years. See which one I like. So it's it's different, and I, I'm and I'm not sure if I, if I know the answer to it. But I think as a business owner, I have to continue to address it here at Copper Beach. How do I how do I maintain my employees' growth in the company? How do I make them passionate about my vision and Michael's vision of where we're taking Copper Beach? How to become part of that? and and what's their reward at the end of the day if they do become part of that is it just a job or is there going to be another benefit here at copper beach or any organization that that you might be um, running it's just really one of those you have to you have to keep thinking about it now like it, maybe you'd have to do that 10 years ago now to michael's point when we kick this meeting off is that there's a there's a change occurring and we have to try to stay on top of it to keep our organizations functional and growing in today's in today's environment, I just think it's going to be an ongoing challenge. It's uh, it's not easy, uh, but I think you got to keep your eyes open. Uh, but I think the key element is how do I how do I f- if I find a good employee, how do I keep them? I think that's that's the really where the mm-hmm. magic is to me. How do I how do I maintain that employee's position here because I'm training them along the way. There's nothing more discouraging than I spend three years training someone and they find another job someplace because it was better than what i offered them. Mm. I try to prevent that every day that that I'm here is how do I make it where they want to stay here because I'm treating them well, I'm I'm compensating them, they're succeeding here at the organization and there's opportunities here. I don't know, I'm, I'm babbling on it a little bit, but that's that's how I look at. I'm that, I'm just a G1 guy. <laughs>
2: well, no, I think the I think you're onto something there because I, you know, and again the other thing that I think in my head is, for lack of a better term, the gig economy. And and it's now, it's easier than ever for people to sort of do their own thing and not have to work the traditional nine to five job. And I'm not against citing one way or the other on whether that's good or bad. But um, as a business owner, that I think is something you have to be aware of. I, I was telling you, I'm trying to look it up on the computer here, and I can't find the app. But um, it's a is I'm a, I'm a musician. And there is an app now where musicians can be hired. And so if you're a guitar player, and somebody around the world has a song that they're written, and they want guitar to be put on that, but they don't know anybody that that um, locally that can play guitar, you can hire people online, send them the, the tracks of whatever music they want recorded on. And then that person can take it put guitar on it and then send it back and now you've got guitar for your song you do that for drums or you know vocals whatever whatever it is and I just started thinking about that like how many how many musicians out there that might have in the past said to themselves you know what I I, I really want to be a musician but I can't I I'm, it's just not working for me right now I'm gonna go Go get that nine to five job. Well, now you can make an argument, they'll probably never make Jeff Bezos money. But now you can make an argument that that person can say, Hey, I love playing guitar. If I do this five times a day, you know, I'm okay. And I'll make my you know, I'll be able to pay my rent or my mortgage or whatever it is, and not have to work for anybody else. And I can do it when I want, and, you know, just like Uber. And, you know, so how much of an impact is that going to have on on the business world? I don't know. But it's just shifting. um a lot, I think, and I it it's not something that I think we're all paying attention to it, but it's just something that I think is is shifting. Well, that's like
1: Fiverr, right? I mean, that that's another site. There's I know there's multiple things like Fiverr, yeah. but maybe you, that's people,
2: what it is. I can't remember. Yeah, thank you. I think that might be the, well, the I mean, app.
1: I was. I, to. I've never actually heard of the musician one. That is fantastic. I, I love that. I'm gonna actually look into it. Not that I play guitar, but I just think it's it's fascinating because like Fiverr, it, it is a like you said gig economy where if you need artwork done. If you need uh, com- computer skills, accounting, you can find anything. If you want somebody to dress up in a banana suit and and tell your message to the world, there's somebody that does that. And she makes quite a living. I don't know how, right. but she does. Right. So how do you combat that in, in this economy where if your firm normally would hire somebody, a lot of times firms are going, you know what, I'll just go to Fiverr. I'll find somebody that'll do it. Just a one-off couple things here and there. So I don't have to have a full-time employee. That's well, an that's great way to look at it too. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. so it's 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 good for both groups, and it could mm-hmm. be bad for both groups. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see it flush out over the next ten years. Yeah, yeah. I again, this is a G
3: one comment. <laughs> I keep throwing G one in here, it be, because I come from a different world than than most younger folks are, are around today. And and I think, I think the younger people today are way smarter than I was at their age. Period. Because they've had so much data. So much information at their disposal, way more than I did. I remember I, I had to read a newspaper uh, to get the information. I had, to, I had to go to the library to get a book to read, to do research, whatever it might be. I'm waiting for the walking I, uphill both ways it, to school. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> the snowstorm with bare feet. He, Michael's <laughs> waiting for that. Uh, but, but, but the kids are smarter today. But, but that, that, that is a challenge for them because they're so smart they have some they have so many avenues that they could take that's really where the, the, i think that's where the confusion is it's hard to find their passion what they want to do in life because they got so many opportunities to create a passion for it. i don't know if that makes sense but it's it it's it's it's, it's complicated uh, and if i were a younger person today i would i would sit in my chair and say where am i going i mean what, what do i want to do in my life it's all good i think i could i could do really well in all these different areas but where's 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 my passion and i think that's going to be the challenge but that uh, people sitting home i just have a problem with that it, it to me you just you don't have the ability to create relationships it's easier not to if you stay home because you have a job that you can stay home where's where the where's the lunch with the boys or the, or the, or the lunch with the girls at the office. I mean, that changes the whole dynamics. Now, younger people might want that today. I just think changes the interpersonal skills a lot. That's just my G one comment.
1: Mm-hmm. No, well, not, the, the, the other wrong. thing is harkening back to what you said about email versus in-person meeting. Um, we all know that message sent isn't always message received when you yeah. don't have those relationships within an office. Um, it's, it's easy to misconstrue, misconstrue something, right. Or a message comes in and it's a quick yep. email. I'm just going to send a quick email. You don't hear a voice tone. You don't read body language. You don't know what's going on. And an email is great. Text messages are great. These, these different systems where you can send messages in inner office are great for a lot of different things. But the problem is if it, if, if we rely too much on that, then you lose the relationship aspect. Somebody can be hurt by something somebody said, even though it wasn't intentional. And then you've got an entire, another situation within your company um, that how do you, how do you hammer that out? Right. Without it, it escalating to something that is irreversible or, or whatever. So relationships are very, very important. I think those are key points that need to be moved forward. It's just how do you develop the relationships appropriately and timely for the best, uh, Keeping, you know, keeping in mind the company's best interests and also the individual.
3: Yeah, I have a, I have a client right now, Michael Left. He knows this. He calls me just to, just to have a conversation. He wants to rant. He wants to, he wants to talk about what's going on in the world around them. And he says, "I pay you because I I, I love to, I love having conversations with you." I, and and he sees me at conferences, and we spend hours talking about stuff that most people are not concerned about, but he's concerned about it, and I share his concern. And we talk about, it and he just loves that connection. He just loves have pick up the phone. He and he always says, "No matter what I call you, you answer." I said, "Well, that's that's what I do." He's no, I, I just love when you do that. So that connection is important, I think, to, to people. Yeah. They have to feel like they're they're heard. They're part of something. Um, they're understood. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a psychiatrist here, but I think that's all part of the makeup of what's going on. That people want to be part of something, but they're conflicted on how to be part of it. And I, I think that's going to be a challenge going forward. I think I think as a as a company, we have to start. As companies, we have to start paying attention to that a lot more than we did in the past. Because I don't know what the next ten years going to look like, but it's going to be different.
2: Yeah, I, I think. And and again, getting back to sort of the, the the strategies, if you will, that business owners can think of. If you do have a, a talent pool that's maybe very large, but you're going to find if you have good hiring practices or screening processes that there's going to be a lot of people. That maybe don't fit the culture that you're trying to build for one reason or another Maybe you want people to come back in the office and they don't want to come back to the office They want to be fully remote. Well now now you've gotten rid of those those types of employees as a part of your talent pool And then if you do find that right person that fits that culture now, you're back to all right, well I'm probably not the only company that wants to hire that person. So I need to figure out a way to to make sure that I'm going to get that employee that really fits for my culture. And then again, that's where you start maybe having to think about some of these other strategies to recruit and retain that person so that you can have them as a part of your team for a long period of time. And and that's what, I, you know, again, I don't know if we answered any questions today necessarily, but maybe this, this tweaked some of uh, our listeners. Thought processes if you're a business owner about how you might need to think a little bit differently about where we are in the world today if you haven't already
3: Yeah, I would just make an additional comment. It's it's not it's it's not hard to grab one of your employees and say how are things going (laughs) How do you feel about stuff? Let, you know, let's go to lunch, or let's talk about you know wh- wh- where you think you could take your your next level here at the firm, at the, at the organization, or at the company. I mean, it's just I, th- I think communication is the key, and get into someone's um, mindset on how they're looking and how they're viewing things. I think G one has a str- struggle with G three or G two sometimes. Like Michael and I are in sync, but we're from different generations, and sometimes that clashes mm-hmm. to, our, to, to our success. Not a lot. But but some fa- some some G one G two people just don't communicate well. They just, they just so I think you have to work harder to do that. You have to both parties have to say I got to be patient with that G one guy because he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand and and vice versa. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this develops. And uh, I'm I'm kind of excited about the new horizon a little bit. I think I think it's new. I think the technology is changing everything. And I think it's going to be
1: fascinating to see what happens. Yeah. Absolutely. Michael, any other closing thoughts for today?
2: It's along similar lines, I would, if you are a business owner out there, and again, getting back to that story we talked about in terms of, um, you know, being asked for a, a clothing allowance by an employee to get to, you know, come back into the office, I think if you're a business owner or manager, you're, you know, now post pandemic, you're, you're really dealing with things and issues that you really haven't had to, probably in the past as a business owner, and that can have some stresses and strains in other areas of your life, in terms of, you know, not only do you have to be concerned about growing and managing the business, you have to be concerned about, you know, these other types of ancillary issues that are now popping up after the pandemic. And so, you know, just take care of yourselves out there, um, because it is probably easy to sort of fall prey to the stresses and the day to day grind of running a business and, and adding on top of these other issues. It, it, it just can be sometimes more than you can bear. So just, um, you know, try to reach out to those if you're struggling and uh, having manager burn and take care of yourselves generally. Yeah, I'll make
3: one additional comment. I do here at Copper Beach um, occasionally where when 4 o'clock hits, when the market closes, um, not that that's important to us, but that's that's the mindset I have, Um, I'll go down to my wine cellar and get a bottle of wine and invite everyone down and pour everybody a glass of wine and we just chit-chat about business. We chit-chat about what's going on. And it really is a wonderful thing. If you can do that, it allows your, your employees to be comfortable with having a conversation with, with the powers to be and be comfortable with that. So sometimes you have to do some creative things to get people to understand um, each other. And I think, I think sometimes that makes sense.
1: Absolutely, gentlemen. This this podcast. I know it was a little different than your normal podcast, but this was incredible food for thought. And I think that everybody is going to be able to take away something from this and maybe plant some seeds of of question in their mind of what can I be doing better. So yeah, like why at four o'clock? There you go. Why at four <laughs> o'clock? Yeah, that's the last takeaway from the podcast. <laughs> so guys, thank you so much for your time. This this has been really beneficial. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you, Sarah. Hope, hope it was you bet. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast with John and Michael Paris. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way when John and Michael come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Copper Beach Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.
0: For listening to the Truth About Wealth Podcast, click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS
4: nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, investment advisory and financial planning services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC Registered Investment Advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors. Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc., and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy.